You're listening to the Disney One by One podcast, a chronological look at every Disney animated classic and beyond. Here's your host, Mike Rolfing. Hello and welcome once again to Disney One by One. This week we're talking about the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh from 1977. It is the 22nd movie on our list. And remember, you can check us out all over the internet at Disney1x1. And if you can leave us a rating or review on iTunes, it would be much appreciated. If you leave us a review, we will read it here on the show. So, uh, as always, this week on the show with me is my brother David Rolfing. David, welcome back to Disney One by One. Hey, Mike. Thank you for having me having me back. This one was dear to my heart. I read these books as a child, so it was good to watch them or watch the movie again. There's lots of different forms of Winnie the Pooh out there. So right, I and mean, you probably watched the TV show too. Yes, I did. And joining us to discuss all things Pooh Bear is my good friend, Tara Romanowski. Tara, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. Good to talk to you, David, too. Yes, it's been a long time since Mike's <laughs> wedding. Yes, long <laughs> which time. Was, which was many moons ago. So, <laughs> Tara, before we get into what you used to do, which is what I'm more interested in, because <laughs> it's Disney related. Yes. Tell me a little bit about what you do now. Well, right now I work as a tour director and a tour guide, and I've been doing that for the last three years. So... What my job entails is getting a group of people together, whether it's adults, families, students, and I travel with them to different locations, providing commentary or just kind of going on excursions with them and having a lot of fun. So my job requires me to travel a lot and spend a lot of time at Walt Disney World, too. So you have to like do research about the places you're going to if you haven't been there before? Or how does that, yeah, how does that work? Yeah, sometimes for sure, especially when I have to get commentary, I need to learn a lot about the city. But sometimes it's just a matter of I'm there as the group leader and other uh, group leaders or tour directors that are on site kind of handle the commentary and the specific location stuff. <laughs> so. What are the coolest places you've led tours at besides Disney World? Um, I actually spent about almost three weeks back in October in Ireland this past fall. So that was really awesome. But I, I spent a lot of time in Washington, D.C. giving commentary as well as New York City. And I love doing all of the performing arts workshop group, student groups that come down to uh, Disney and they perform in the parade before the afternoon parade at Magic Kingdom or they perform at Disney Springs. And it's just it's just a lot of fun. They are a, a barrel full of energy. That's for sure. <laughs> all right. More importantly, your 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 former <laughs> Disney career, you were yes. did, did you were you part of the college program? Is that how you started down there? Yeah, yeah. As soon as I graduated Calvin College, our alma mater, uh -huh. I uh, moved down to Orlando, Florida, which is where I currently live, and I participated in their Disney College program. So for the fall semester, I worked in Fantasyland attractions on the uh, <laughs> Prince Charming Regal Carousel, Mickey's Philhar Magic 3D show, and then Dumbo the Flying Elephant before it moved over to Storybook Circus. And I extended my program and worked as a character attendant in the Magic Kingdom. So I spent a lot of time just kind of hanging out for the characters, being the voice of the characters, and yeah, just having a lot of fun with them. Did you attend to Pooh Bear? Oh my goodness, I spent so much time with Pooh and Tigger. It was so much, they were some of my favorite characters to work with, actually. All right, I want to go back to the rides, though. So so they like <laughs> would just like cycle, cycle you through different attractions? Is that how that worked? Yeah, so I was trained in three different attractions, and they rotated us around to different positions. So sometimes I'd be, you know, working the carousel, and then I'd get moved over to Inside Philhar Magic, handing out the 3D glasses, mm -hmm. or then bumping over to Dumbo and making sure the queue line was moving through. Just all different kinds of stuff with that. So. 
And yeah. and how long does it take for them to like teach you the the process and to keep how to keep the line moving and that sort of thing? Uh, really just a couple of days. It did not take very long, especially with my attractions, which were not very complicated as opposed to some of the other ones. Yeah. The other ones that have a lot more buttons, a lot more safety checks to go through a lot more testing in the morning and everything when you're starting up the ride, all different kinds of stuff. But my, my attraction was pretty easy. I can imagine Philhar Magic being a favorite of the employees just because it's air conditioned. (laughs) Is that true? Yes. Yeah, on hot days, that was the ideal location when you had to stand in the theater and, you know, bring people into the theater, but then you stood in the back and you watched it. I think I remember watching the movie seven times straight through. That was the most I had to stand there and watch it. That's probably the worst (laughs) part of that job. It it wasn't too bad because, I mean, it's a good show and you sing along with it. And, I mean, you know, you catch people that are trying to record it or, you know, use a flash or anything like that. But All right, so character attendant. That's the person that in the in the, the normal normal human clothes standing next yes. to the to the characters. So uh, who else who else did you escort around the park? Uh, my very first day, I actually worked with Mickey Mouse, and then uh, that was when he was back in Toontown, and he moved over to he spent a little time in Tomorrowland, and then he's now in Town Square Theater. Right. So I got trained in that location, but. Um, I was with Woody and Jesse when they were over by Splash Mountain. I got to hang out with Buzz Lightyear in Tomorrowland mm. and Stitch, Chip and Dale. I didn't do any of the restaurant locations. I just did um, kind of the street characters. So I was I was really all over. It could have been anyone. But I spent, I think over the semester, I spent the majority of the time with Pooh and Tigger. Hmm. So. Were you with Mickey when he was talking? No. No, no that was a so couple was, years after I left. Then. Okay. Yeah, he was pretty silent. And now they don't. Now they got rid of the talking again for some reason um all right so like let's have a couple more parks questions for you what is your favorite park i guess in in the world i should i can ask yeah um i have not been to any of the asian theme parks but i've been to the one in paris and both of the ones in california and i don't have a favorite because it really depends on the season i i absolutely love epcot during the fall for the food and wine festival that's always a lot of fun uh, but then the decorations at Magic Kingdom during Christmas are also really fun, too. And I, right now, Hollywood Studios is, you know, having a little bit of an identity crisis. Yeah, so I bit. don't really go there. But uh, <laughs> from the sounds of it, everything sounds like it's going to really be awesome when it does open. So that might be a really fun park to go to. Because that used to be, when I was a kid, that was my favorite park because of the great movie ride. And that has now since closed, which makes me sad. Yeah, yeah. David and I spent a long day there with our friend Kevin. I think we rode Star Tours like thirteen times. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. oh, that's terrible. The new uh, version of it, or the yeah, old yeah, the new version. version. We we oh, had to see gosh. all the scenarios. <laughs> no. yeah, we saw every scenario, a few of them like multiple times too. I am always the rebel spy. <laughs> always. We got that at least once that day, uh, and we also didn't realize that there were only like. We heard there were like 50 combinations, so we thought there was like a whole bunch more scenes than there actually were, because it's 50 combinations, it's not 50 scenes. And so we kept riding, like, we keep seeing the same thing, we got to keep riding it. Uh, And I believe we saw everything. Yeah, I I would think so. We also went to like three shows of American Idol that day, when they were doing the American Idol experience, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got up on the... The, the screen on the stage a few times and made some interesting faces we were cracking up. <laughs> I don't doubt that one bit. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a good trip. 
All right. Well, I could talk about parks forever. I'll move on. Tara, besides you're working in the parks, tell me how tell me how Disney has influenced your life, especially as a, as a younger, younger person. Oh, absolutely. Disney has always been a part of my life. Uh, my family used to tell me stories that when I was born, my my Grammy, my dad's mom would hold me in her arms and she would say, we're going to watch Disney movies together. and We're going to go to Disney World and I'm going to introduce you to Mickey Mouse and everything. So, I mean, before I could even understand anything, Disney was a part of my life. And I grew up watching all the movies. My first trip to Disney was when I was five. <laughs> I went when I was eight, did Disneyland Paris when I was 11. Wow. And then went a few more times when I was in middle school, high school, and then, of course, college and after college. So spoiled. I spent a lot of time there. I Disney know. Disney spoiled. <laughs> I know. Yeah. All right. So how about, did you, how about your favorite movies? Were you able to narrow down a top five for us? It was tough. And I'm going to start... I'm going to start with number four and I'll get to number five, but I'll explain why I'm going to do number five. But number four I have as Beauty and the Beast. And number three is Peter Pan. Number two, Little Mermaid. And number one, I know I'm going to get a groan out of this. Frozen. Frozen. (laughs) I love Frozen so so much. Uh, I wish I had a video camera recording my reaction the very first time I watched that movie because everything caught me by surprise. I knew nothing about it. And just the colors of it, the two characters, Anna and Elsa, is like a mixture of who I am. And then Olaf. You, you got to love Olaf. So that's that's my number one. But number five, that was the hard one to kind of come up with because there are a yeah. few movies that could be interchangeable. I thought about... Aladdin, because my favorite song is A Whole New World. Thought about Cinderella, because I love Gus Gus and some of the songs from that. This, the I See the Light scene in Tangled is one of my favorite Disney scenes. <laughs> and then I, I, I love Dopey, but Snow White's not exactly my favorite movie. I wouldn't make that, but I just love Dopey. But actually, my number five favorite movie is The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that movie, you know, as we're gonna about to talk about it, has very much been a prominent part of my life and just the characters and everything too. So I thought as a whole, that was probably the one that would, you know, best fit the number five spot. All right. What a perfect segue to dive yes. into the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And now, our feature presentation. For the first time in a feature-length cartoon, all your favorite Pooh characters share all their enchanting adventures in Walt Disney Productions' The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Okay, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh from 1977, most famous for the year that Star Wars came out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> put, put a little plug in there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Winnie the Pooh is from the author A.A. A. Milne. What's the movie that came out about him? There's two Christopher Robin movies. Goodbye, Christopher Robin. Okay, that's that, the one about... That, that's the main one about him, but then Christopher Robin this past summer was more about Christopher Robin as an adult. The character, so, yeah, okay. So, yeah. so the, But the one, the Goodbye, Christopher Robin was not made by Disney as a different company, I think. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so A.A. A. Milne uh, created Winnie the Pooh. 
and Winnie the Pooh was a stuffed bear that his son, Christopher Robin, had. So it's based on uh, real life, kind of, sort of, except I don't think the animals really come to life in real life. But And then uh, Ernest H. Shepard is the artist who illustrated the books and sort of established the early looks and feels of the characters in the world. So Walt got the rights to this. He had heard about Winnie the Pooh from his daughter, Diane, who was a huge fan of the books as a child. He got the rights in 1961, and by 1964, he was planning on a full-length feature. In a meeting with his cronies, they uh, talked him down out of the feature and decided to make a featurette instead. So we first got the short, Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree, which was based on uh, a couple chapters from one of the books called in which we are introduced to Winnie the Pooh and some honeybees, and in which Pooh goes visiting and gets into a tight place. <laughs> These very long chapter titles. Wolfgang Riederman was brought on to uh, direct this short. You may recognize his name from pretty much every uh, movie we've talked about so far. He's directed a lot of these. And he brought his son, uh, Bruce, to play Christopher Robin. Uh, Bruce also is the voice of Mowgli. Wolfgang likes to bring his sons into these movies. He also had a couple of his sons play uh, Arthur in Sword and Stone. Right, Dave? Remember that? Fun fact. I remember. Because one of them went through puberty, so he had to use his younger son in the middle of uh, recording. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) So Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree was released February 4th, 1966, along with the live-action movie The Ugly Dachshund. Anyone ever seen that? No, but I, <laughs> no. I love Dachshund, so maybe that'd be a really cute movie to see at some point. I, I think I pulled up the trailer for it. It stars uh, Dean Jones, who I recognize from the, the Love Bug. He's the main guy in The Love Bug. Oh, okay. The guy who owns Herbie. So that was 1966. We have to get to 1977. We're not there yet. The next short was Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day, which is based on the 3rd, 5th, ninth, and 10th chapters of The House on Pooh Corner. It was uh, released right after the Aristocats. Or I should say it was produced right after the Aristocats. It was put into production. And it was the last short that Walt had a hand in. He died December 15th, 1966. So this was the last thing he had he had a hand in i feel like we've been saying that for the past like five movies we have. Like- well because there was there was the last movie that was released when he was alive there's the last feature film that he worked on and this was the last anything that he worked on uh, yeah okay All right. or maybe one of those was wrong and we'll have to correct ourselves but uh you can you can uh, comment on our facebook page and tell us what's what's wrong where was i so the Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day was released on December 20th, 1968, along with The Horse in the Gray Flannel Suit, just another live-action wow. Disney movie, also starring Dean Jones and featuring a young Kurt Russell, believe it or not. Hmm. Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day is the main short segment, whatever, that, that uh, inspired the uh, theme park ride, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Winnie the Pooh and the Bluster Day, they won the 1968 Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film, and that award was awarded posthumously to Walt Disney. This was the only Winnie the Pooh production to win an Academy Award. So moving on, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2 is based on the third, fourth, and seventh chapters of The House on the Pooh Corner. It was released along with The Island at the Top of the World, which does not star Dean Jones. (laughs) I'm not sure who's in it. Uh, and that was released on December 20th, 1974. So we're getting close to 77. It was nominated for Best Animated Short at the Oscars. It did not win, but it did win a Grammy for Best Album for Children. Nice. The title, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2, is a play on words with Tip a Canoe and Tyler 2, which was like a political slogan from the 1840 election with, uh, what's our president, Tyler's last name? Tara Washington, D.C. Ep- expert. Oh, gosh. I don't talk I about I almost him. said Steven Tyler. <laughs> 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 
I hope he never tries to be president. He's insane. Uh, John, John Tyler. John Tyler was our 10th U.S. president. Anyway, so eventually they decided to shove all these movies, these shorts together to create the feature that we watched called The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And uh, they obviously added some things to bridge these together, which we'll talk about. And they created a, a different ending to kind of wrap it all up. So um, a few other random things. Sterling Holloway is the voice of Winnie the Pooh, who we have mentioned many times on the show. He's one of my favorite Disney voices. Tara, who else has he played? He has played uh, Ka from The Jungle Book. Uh-huh. He was also the Cheshire Cat from Alice in Wonderland. Yep. And he was Professor Holloway in The Three Caballeros. Uh, and like the narrator of the Penguin story. Yeah. Is that Professor he Holloway? He was? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was like uncredited or something like that. Okay. It wasn't one of the known ones, but definitely Ka and Cheshire Cat he's known for as well. And a few other little roles, which I don't recall, but he's definitely played some other smaller characters in some of these movies. So yeah. he is. He's a Disney legend. I don't know if he's officially a Disney legend. He probably is. He should be if he's not. Um, and then the narrator of this movie, David, did you catch on to him? I do not know. There's been <laughs> like, I don't, I don't remember what movies he's done. Tara. Who else has Sebastian Cabot played? Oh, gosh. That, uh, that one I'm not sure of. I did not look him up. So the guy who narrates these shorts and this feature uh, also did the voice of Bagheera in The Jungle Book. Oh, okay. And then uh, the Sherman Brothers uh, worked on all three of these shorts as the guys who wrote the music, or at least the original songs. As we've mentioned before, they are famous for their Disney tunes, their catchy tunes, including what theme park ride did they write the song for? Anyone? What theme park ride? Yep. Catch that super catchy. I was immediately going to a whole other movie. I was not expecting the, the to have tiki the main room. ride. Yes, that's one of them. There's there's at <laughs> least really? like two or three oh, more. Yeah. I thought there is no way. What's the catchiest theme park ride song there is? It's a small world. Yes, that is correct. Written by the Sherman yes. Bros. They also did It's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow from uh, oh, the, the Carousel of, of Progress. Wow, they're very repetitious in their music. Yeah, well, and the Winnie the Pooh theme song is so catchy. Yeah. As is the Tigger song and all those things. So. Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh, chubby little cubby all stuffed with fluff. He's Winnie the Pooh. Where was I? So this this movie, these shorts inspired a plethora of theme park rides. They're generally all the same. So we have the uh, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh ride at Magic Kingdom. Yes? Yep. It's at Disneyland back in Critter Country. Yep. It's also in uh, Hong Kong, Shanghai, and there is a Tokyo poo ride, but it is different. Yeah, it's like a trackless ride. It looks amazing. It does, yeah. I, I recommend looking up the video of it, especially if you want to see Tigger singing in Japanese. <laughs> All of them singing in Japanese. <laughs> The, the Tigger song in Japanese is is was my favorite part. <laughs> no, but the crazy thing about about Tokyo Disney is that it's owned by the Oriental Land Company. Mm-hmm. So they basically it's like this super wealthy company in Japan that just licenses licenses all the Disney stuff from Disney and Disney like lends them Imagineers and they're like we're going to do whatever the heck we want cuz we have tons of money. It's this weird relationship where Disney doesn't actually own the park. 
Right. But, yeah. But, the, but these Japanese, this Japanese company like goes all out on all their stuff because they want to make it the best. Yeah. So their technology is way different than some of the stuff that we have in the States or even over in Europe in Paris. Yeah. And so the Winnie the Pooh ride there is was like next level compared to the ones uh, in the States. So yeah, if you're into this stuff, I recommend checking it out. If not, I'll shut up about Disney, <laughs> Disney rides now. <laughs> Um, there's more things we can get into, but David, do you have any other, uh, random facts to contribute before we move on? A couple of quick ones, random ones, which I guess fun facts should be random. Uh, Pooh Bear has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame uh. mm-hmm. and you can see the real original plush toys from, I guess it was A.A. A. Milne's son, right? Yeah. Um, at the New York Public Library in a glass case. Wow. All of them are there except for Rue. Because Christopher Robin lost Rue in his 30s, apparently. And Rue is uh, randomly voiced by Clint Howard, who is Ron Howard's brother. (laughs) 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 Who, and if you look up Clint, if you look up Clint Howard, you'll recognize him. He appears in all of Ron Howard's movies. He's a really like goofy looking guy. He's in uh, the solo movie. He's the one who's like uh, making the robots fight each other. Oh, okay. And as a child, he voiced Rue casually, so. I'll move on so we can actually talk about this movie. Tara, you said you have a a deep history with Winnie the Pooh. So tell me sort of your preconceived notions of this movie. Have you seen it a lot? Have you had you not seen it for a while? What were you thinking before actually watching this again? Yeah, I had seen it more times than I could count. Definitely more when I was a child and not as much as an adult. But every once in a while, that movie would be on in, in like the break room when I was working in the parks like eight years ago um but i <laughs> wait, did wait up... they play disney movies in the break room yeah sometimes <laughs> <laughs> sometimes or such sometimes random movies like titanic they would just play that because three hours and it would take up enough time right but yeah i i watched the television show growing up on you know like saturday mornings or even on the weekdays and had some of the vhs cassettes with the sing-alongs so i recognized a lot of the scenes that were in the movie and i i knew all of the lyrics to the songs and as i was re-watching it again it brought back a lot of really happy memories and i'm just like yeah. bouncing along and kind of dancing <laughs> to it too and thinking oh i'm 31 years old and this is still bringing me so much joy all right david you're winnie the pooh history yeah i mentioned earlier i definitely had one of the books and had mom or dad read me the stories like as a bedtime book. I don't know if it was like the Disney Disney-fied version of it. I'm not sure, but I read that for sure. I also watched the New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh on Disney Channel or Toon Disney, whatever channel it was on growing up. That was one of my one of my favorite shows. Um, but I don't know if I had ever actually seen this movie. Maybe I'd seen like the shorts individually. I also didn't know that they were released before this movie actually came out, so that's pretty interesting. But I'd definitely seen lots of poo around. I'm not sure if it was in this movie form or not, but I, I enjoyed it. It was very sentimental. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we had this on VHS. It definitely all seemed very familiar to me, whether we watched them individually or together. It's the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. It's great! All right, Tara, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. You've now watched it again. What do you think of it? Oh, I still loved it. Absolutely. It, like I said, it brought me so much joy already re-watching it again and uh, just thinking about all the different characters and even now as an adult, picking up on some of the jokes as well as identifying personality traits within myself, 
within each of the characters was also very interesting to observe. If you had to pick a favorite scene from this movie or favorite one third of this movie, what what would it be? Uh, I, <laughs> I was thinking about this and I just, I actually had to pause the movie because I was laughing so hard. Um, during the very beginning when Pooh's doing his exercises. Yeah. When I up, down, touch the ground, it puts me in the mood. Because I'm pretty sure that that just like subconsciously came through like in my entire life in my view of exercise because I just don't like to exercise. And so whenever I have to, I always bribe myself saying, okay, if I burn this many calories, <laughs> I can have that extra slice of cake or that cookie or something because... I love all my sweet stuff, and that's exactly the mentality that Pooh has when he's doing his little exercises. It's so cute. I feel like he's exercising to like wake his stomach up enough to eat more, isn't it? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. It's like a slightly skewed version of that. It is. <laughs> yeah. David, you've now watched this movie. What was your initial reaction? Uh, initial reactions, I didn't know that there is that much music in Winnie the Pooh. There yeah. are so many little songs, just like walking around, they'd be singing some random song. Um, so I wasn't expecting that, but I, there are some really catchy ones in there, especially Tigger's little theme song, which I for sure uh, recognized. Um, and as far as like favorite third of the movie, I think, I think Tigger is probably my favorite character. He's just so lovable. The whole segment of them... Lost in the Woods, I'm sure we'll get, get into it a little bit more, but it was just great. And Tigger's just so funny. But Pooh Bear also cracked me up too, like his stomach guiding them out of the woods because <laughs> it calls to the honey or whatever. I was laughing at that. Um, just all the, little char- all the characters have their own little different comedic value they bring and just a very clever movie in general. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about the music. I, I didn't remember all those songs either, and it was pretty prevalent throughout throughout and there were some really fun ones i i believe a number of these a number of clips from these were in some of those sing-along vhs tapes that we had oh yeah which we yeah. brought up quite a bit on the show but i'm tara i'm sure you had those as well oh yeah all of them i remember being like snowed in to your parents house with some people and we like busted some of those out in college. i think so <laughs> <laughs> watch the, Disneyland the disney one. park videos yeah, yeah, yeah. and the disney sing-along just whatever disney behind the scenes stuff we had. Yeah, yeah we definitely watched those. That was my fa- my favorite one is the one where they're at Disneyland in like the late 80s. Yes. And they're like skipping down Main Street singing uh following the leader and stuff. Oh, I love it. But yeah, David, like you said, the music in this movie is great. I wanted to give a shout out. We've talked about the Sherman brothers who are they are Disney legends. Um I also wanted to bring up Buddy Baker who wrote the score for this movie and this was the first movie that he that he had scored. We've I've bragged a lot about George Bruns, who's done a lot of these and has done a great job. Buddy Baker's also very involved in the world of Disney, not just the movies, but he did this score for for Winnie the Pooh. And I was reading about sort of his his approach to it. And if you notice, much like Peter and the Wolf, which David we talked about in uh, Melody Time, Make Mine Music, one of those. Yeah, the Peter and the Wolf. Those all just blend together in my mind <laughs> as never going to watch them again. <laughs> Well, much like the Peter and the Wolf segment where, where uh, the different instruments represent different animals, he did the same thing in this. So Eeyore is represented by a bass clarinet. Kanga and Rue are like a flute. Rabbit is a clarinet. Piglet, oboe. Owl is like a uh, French horn. And Winnie the Pooh, they use a baritone French horn, which is kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I did not notice that. A donkey named Eeyore is his friend. And Kanga... 
Best of all, Winnie the Pooh. Uh, Buddy Baker also, while we're on the topic, he uh, wrote the music to the Haunted Mansion. Ooh. So uh, back to the parks. He also, <laughs> my favorite attraction at Epcot is Impressions de, Fran de France, the movie in France. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, there's a bunch of uh, classical music, French classical pieces, but he took them and tied them all together and then wrote some some original music to sort of tie some of those pieces together. So Buddy Baker is my bro. Yes. <laughs> he did the music for Impressions de France. Speaking of tying things together, so all those segmented movies that you mentioned, like Melody Time, Three Caballeros, uh, Make Mine Music, whatever, those, one of our biggest complaints about those movies was like, there's no central theme, no central story. They're kind of, it feels segmented. And this movie um, used the storybook, the narrator, the actual physical book itself to link these three thirds together. And I thought that that was a really cool way to do it. Yeah. And it worked really well because they, I mean, they took the story from a book. So they kept it very close to that source material. And I think the animation of the actual book itself was really clever how they used that tigger trying to get off the tree so they had him get on the letters and then slid him down there's lots of little clever things they use the book for yeah most of these movies as we've discussed start with a storybook opening but i like this one because it was actually like they filmed a book in a room so yeah. it, it felt very uh i don't know it was cool to Tangible. see like, the actual stuffed animals first as the real book opens and then like yeah like you said they use actually like the words in the book as characters. Sometimes the words would be knocked off the page. I liked how you could see what the narrator was saying on the pages like he was reading the book. The book was its own kind of character and, and, and was a really great way to, to tie everything together for sure. Yeah, and even with the book, I, I own the actual book as well. And I was kind of flipping through them as I was watching the movie. And some of the illustrations and even the way that the book looked correlated with what was being shown in the movie, too. So they were taking some of the iconic images and then making it, you know, Disney's own illustrations, which I thought was a really cool way to tie into it and pay homage to the to the original book and the fact that it is a book that was not a story created by Disney, but by somebody else. All right, let's talk through these segments real quick in our remaining time uh, and just kind of see what we what we noticed and rush through them if we have nothing to say. So first, it was uh, Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree. We talked about his uh, exercise scene. I really liked the part where he got stuck in the hole. <laughs> I've actually been to the 100 Acre Wood, which is really the 500 Acre Wood. So I've uh. seen Rabbit's House. I've seen where Pooh has been stuck in that hole before. It's awesome. What, is that? what does that mean? Like a real forest somewhere? Yeah, yeah. It's in East Sussex, England. Uh, I took like a day trip out there about 20 years ago. And you could actually walk around the actual, you know, wooded forest that a.a. Uh, a. Milne and Christopher Robin would play in and create all these stories pretty much what the map at the very front of the book and that you see at the beginning of the movie hmm. that's kind of how it is in this forest and so I walked around and saw a bunch of those locations so um, we had a stuffed animal poo our tour guide did and he like actually stuck poo in the hole to give the, <laughs> <laughs> the imagery with it and then read the portion of the story to us that's cool um, one thing that I liked off the bat was how it wasn't grounded in reality at all. Like Pooh bends over and his seams like rip and he just yeah. like ties it right back together. <laughs> and 
the balloon he gets from Christopher Robin. Like they fall, you know, 50 feet from the sky and they're fine. So off the bat, like it was just nice to have it be fun and not realistic because they're actually stuffed animals in the movie. Yeah, it took a long time for that balloon to actually deflate as well in the (laughs) sky. He's being chased all around by the bees. Poor little guy. Yeah, and then uh, the the gopher shows up and is not helpful. He easily could have uh, cut Winnie the Pooh out of that hole, but so true. He's not in the book. Ah, Literally. Oh, they add him for the movie, huh? Yeah, that is a Disney created character. He is not in any of the A.A. Milne stories. They added him to relate to Americans because all the other characters were like British of British origins. I read. Hmm. Okay, there Hmm. you go. We move on to the. to the blustery day, correct? Is it the next one? Yes. Yes. Now, one fine day, the east wind traded places with the west wind, and that stirred things up a bit all through the hundred-acre wood. So this one I, I'm honestly most familiar with because of the ride. Yes. <laughs> Which is the main story in the ride at Magic Kingdom. Dave, we had talked a little bit about the uh, heffalumps and woozles before, because we were confused when we watched Dumbo. They're black. They're brown. They're yeah the pink elephant scene definitely felt similar to this trippy elephant scene you know they're very similar yeah the scary part of the ride right the scary (laughs) part the trippy part yeah it's a little scary i wouldn't say that it's scary mostly because i mean in the movie these characters they they kind of look friendly. They're happy. I I don't remember being scared of the heffalumps and woozles when I was a kid. It just was kind of weird. And even as an adult, I was thinking to myself, I don't fully understand what the whole point of this scene is. It's, <laughs> it's just his nightmare. And it's, it's kind of a big part of the rides, too. And it just really kind of takes away from what Winnie the Pooh is. It goes completely out of its own style of the stories. Which is basically what happens with the pink elephants in Dumbo as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe they needed some form of scary in a movie to help kids deal with different kinds of emotions. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. But we also got uh, the wonderful thing about Tiggers. Is a Tiggers a wonderful thing? Their tops are made of a rubber. Yep. <laughs> Anyone going to contribute to my song? No. The bouncy, 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 fun, 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 <laughs> fun, fun. <laughs> what I think about Diggers is that I'm the only one. So that that that's a really fun song and scene. And uh, Diggers great. I like him a lot. He's very fun. Rabbit's a party pooper. <laughs> trying to get rid of him. They are the perfect foil for each other. Rabbit is all about order and organization and tigger is just about spontaneity and chaos and that's why they kind of butt heads all the time because they're so polar opposites with that i would have been mad too if my garden got destroyed like that so i understand (laughs) rabbit rabbit's plight well and then the other opposite of rabbit is is piglet who whose house gets taken from him or her is he him or her from him it's him yeah the house gets taken from him and he just lets it be i know (laughs) it's a little pansy so sacrificial. He doesn't speak up, and it's like, Piglet, you can say it's your house. It's okay. Owl can't fit through that little door anyway. Yeah, that was that was kind of a bummer, but hey, what can you do? <laughs> Tell them it's your house, Piglet. No, Pooh. 
This house belongs to our very good friend, Owl. And then lastly, as we need to start wrapping this up, we get uh, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2. And while you were thinking, all of a sudden... Hello, Pooh! I'm Tigger! T-I-double-G-R! That spells Tigger! Yeah, I know. You've bounced me before. Which, uh, what happened in this one? I'm getting these confused. They go on an expedition to try to get Tigger lost. Or Tigger (laughs) bounces up a tree and he can't get down. Right, right. Is this this is the one where it begins with like a like rabbit calling a calling a meeting? Yes. It reminded me a lot of like I, I occasionally go to like our neighborhood association meetings. I live in this like little uh small little sliver of St. Louis City called called Ellendale. And mm-hmm. if you go to the Ellendale Neighborhood Association meetings, it's a bunch of just like cranky old people complaining about their trash not being picked up. <laughs> oh my gosh. They're fascinating. I love them so much. But that just <laughs> reminded me of Rabbit's little little neighborhood meeting here. And then were you like poo, where you just kind of fall asleep and don't yeah, pay attention? Yeah, basically. And like you can just call a vote and everyone says yes just so they can leave, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like the street lights been out in my street for three weeks. Rabbit has a little neighborhood meeting and then they uh, try to get rid of Tigger. They end up getting lost in the forest as well. And then Pooh's stomach leads them out. Oh, yes. And then they all, Tigger ends up kind of finding them because he's just been bouncing around everywhere. So he's made up way more time than they could have. And then there's a bittersweet ending where Christopher Robin and Pooh are off in this idyllic wooded area and Chris Robin has to go back to school. Is that it? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah so he's not going to be able to hang out with them as much. So it's a little bit sad. Yeah. <laughs> kind of reminded me of like, the feeling you get when you, I don't know if either of you read Calvin and Hobbes comics at all, but there's a lot of like melancholy stories in Calvin and Hobbes where like, it feels similar, like the cartoony sadness, childhood feelings, that sort of thing. Yeah. Or yeah. kind of like, like the end of uh, Toy Story 3. Oh, yes. <laughs> yep. So sad. But I tell you what, I love all the new characters that are with Bonnie. Yeah. They're pretty great. Mr. Prickle Pants. I'm a fan. Voiced by Timothy Dalton, also known as James Bond, which is pretty great. So, oh jeez. But the narrator does say that wherever Christopher Robin goes, Pooh will always be waiting for him wherever, whenever he returns. So, yeah. Which we do get in the sequels and in the TV shows. So, uh, there's plenty more Christopher Robin to go around. Wherever they go, and whatever happens to them on the way, in that enchanted place on top of the forest. A little bear will always be waiting. With that, let's wrap this up. Tara, it is the job of our guests, with the help of David, to come up with a rating system specific to this movie. So I don't know if you've uh, brainstormed anything or if you need to wing something, but go for it. Uh, I mean, the first image that comes to mind is a honeypot, and that's because that's what they would use in the sing-alongs to bounce over all the words. So should we do it out of, what, 10 honeypots? Sounds good to me. I was going to say poo sticks, but that's not in this movie. When did the poo sticks come? What? Oh, that's a different, Poo-sti- yeah, because they play the Pooh Sticks Bridge. I mean, it's in these books that they're from too, but not not in these movies. Yeah, yeah. There's but. definitely an animated version of the Pooh Sticks. Oh yeah, but it didn't. Well, show they up go in this to movie, the bridge. So. They just don't play the game in right. this movie too. I'll stop saying Pooh Sticks, and we'll go. Uh, so, out of ten honey pots, Tara, uh, what's your rating? And give us your uh, your wrap up. I am gonna give this movie a nine and a half honey pots. Wow. Because, yeah, I mean, it's pretty high. Like, 
in terms of like critique wise, I suppose it's not, you know, the best movie that there ever was, but it's just a, it's a, it's a story that, you know, can any, anybody of any age can enjoy, whether it's like your kid or as an adult, as your a grandparent, even watching it with your grandparents all over again. It's a very timeless story and it's just very simple. It's kind of refreshing. It doesn't need to be complicated and it's, it's just very lighthearted and fun. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I, I agree. David, out of 10 honey pots. I would give it an eight out of 10 honey pots. If I had to critique it, which I do, I would probably say that it could have been better if it was one kind of central storyline. I mean, they did a good job at, you know, threading the three different stories with the book and everything like we talked about. But I don't know if there was one overarching story, I think it could have been a little bit more engaging. But this was one of the few that Danny, my wife, agreed to watch with me, which she hasn't been willing to watch many of these. So this one I know is like special to a lot of people around our ages, hearts and childhoods. And there's lots of nostalgia for sure, probably affecting my eight out of 10. But it was good. Nostalgia is allowed on Disney one by one. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I like this movie. It was it certainly brought back memories. The characters are timeless and they will forever be be charming and I'm sure they will forever be loved by generations and generations. This is the first movie uh, maybe uh yeah, this is honestly the first movie that felt like really like a kids movie uh, out of all these we've watched so far, which is not a bad thing. Like I think this is great for little kids unlike a lot of the ones we've been through. And so I will certainly be showing this to my to my little girl. But because of that, because it was simpler and 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 a little more dumbed down than some of the rest, I it's, I probably gave it like a seven out of ten. I really enjoyed it, but I think I think some of the other ones had that we've watched, I just like better just for their maybe their animation detail or for like the more complicated plot or that sort of thing. But I mean, it's hard to knock Winnie the Pooh. He's pretty awesome, and yeah. uh, I I did enjoy watching this movie. Yeah, and we actually didn't mention that. As of still to this day, it has a 100% review on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Wow. That's not, that's not super common for no, a movie not. to have yeah. that rating. I wonder how exclusive that club is. I don't know, but it was like 100% with the critics and a pretty high percentage for audience choice. And it's also one of Groot's top five favorite movies. Like The Tree? Yes, from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> It was How do you know that? that I, I found that on Rotten Tomatoes. There was an article about it. And it just listed his top five favorite movies, and Winnie the Pooh was one of them. And right. his review for each of them was I Am Groot. Yeah, of, of course. course. Of course. Yeah. So, all right. With that, we'll end this show, this Groot approved show. Tara Romanowski, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Maybe we'll have to have you back for Frozen and just like oh, get you, get you weeping, get you weeping on the show. Absolutely. <laughs> and David, it is always a pleasure. Keep my tummy full of honey. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find a quote. I just made that one up. T I double gut er. So again, follow us everywhere on the internet at Disney1x1 and write us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read it. So thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with The Rescuers, another movie from 1977. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Disney One by One podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, send us an email to Disney1x1 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram. 
Twitter and Facebook at Disney1x1 and at Disney1x1.com. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode of the Disney One by One podcast. Tara, do you want to meet my puppy? I've been petting him this entire time. Oh my gosh! This Look is, at your puppy. This is Brody. We joke about calling him Eeyore because he's like very mellow. <laughs> and Danny and I were watching Winnie the Pooh the other night and we were like, we should have named him Eeyore, but that could have been sad because that means he's depressed. <laughs> yeah. He's just, he's just a little gloomy, you know, whatever.